Throughout history, free thinkers have outraged the religious with their wacky ideas about the virtues of free speech, reason, and of course, eating babies. Now, God is dying, and it's time to dispose of his remains. From the pits of hell, Satan sends two puppets of the imperialist West and the Zionist Jews against God, Islam, and tiny kittens to bring you their propaganda and conspire for a new world order. This is Secular Jihadists for a Muslim Enlightenment with Ali Rizwi and Armin Navabi. Welcome everybody to another episode of Secular Jihadists for a Muslim Enlightenment. My name is Ali Rizvi and with me is Armin Navabi. Armin, how are you? Good, good. How are you? I am good, thank you. How are you? I, I, he's I, good. I already, uh, answer, already answered. Okay. <laughs> so, okay, so, so uh, today is actually a really interesting topic that we've been kind of probably wanting to talk about for a while and uh, now uh, we're actually going to get into it and I think we have the right guest for it today. Uh, so... Uh, Omar Badr, uh, he, he, you know, we connected a little while ago, I think many months ago, and we've been trying to sort of get his appearance on this podcast, but because of scheduling issues and everything, weren't able to do it. He's finally here. Uh, Omar is an agnostic and a secularist of Muslim background. Um, he is the deputy director of the Arab American Institute, and he's a political analyst uh, who specializes in, in the Israel-Palestine conflict. Uh, he is a social and political commentator. His commentary has appeared on BBC, MSNBC, Al Jazeera, uh, The Daily Beast, uh, HuffPost, and, and uh, several other outlets. And today, um, we're going to talk about, I think, what when you reached out to me, something that you wanted to talk about, uh, which was uh, the intellectual dark web. So we're going to get into what the intellectual dark web is, mm -hmm. and uh, specifically whether the intellectual dark web is, is promoting or endorsing or, or has an unhealthy tolerance for anti-Muslim bigotry. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's something we're going to get into. Omar, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for coming on. Thank you very much for having me. Okay, so to start with, let's just first get into uh, what our understanding is of the term the intellectual dark web. Did, Armin, do you want to give a bit of a history of it or no. am I putting you on the spot? You, you're the storyteller. Okay. All right. So the the, the intellectual <laughs> dark web. Keep it short. Keep it short, though, <laughs> because most of our audience knows. So keep it short. Yeah. Okay. So the intellectual dark web. I can't remember whether it was Eric Weinstein who coined it or Sam Harris, but um, it was basically a term uh, that was uh, an umbrella term for a, a a group of commentators and mainly sort of like online commentators and authors. Um, that uh, was a pretty disparate group, disparate with a D-I-S, um, as in they, they, there was a lot of, they, they come from very different backgrounds. Some of them are, are sort of left liberals, others are uh, a more right-wing, they're conservative. Um, uh, some of them are, well, I mean, it includes people like uh, Sam Harris, uh, who's, who's a neuroscientist uh, and a philosopher, and he, he tends to lean liberal. Then it also has uh, Eric Weinstein and Brett Weinstein, uh, Brett Weinstein was the the professor, the evolutionary biologist um, at uh, what was the college? Was he at uh, Evergreen? Evergreen, yes, he was at Evergreen. Um, and uh, there, uh, it also includes uh, Dave Rubin, uh, Ben Shapiro, uh, Majid Nawaz, um, Christina Hoff Summers, uh, and and sort of several other people that I, I can't recall. I think Joe Rogan was also part of it, um, and it was sort of officialized. Uh, in an article in the New York Times last year by Barry Weiss, 
Um, and she, she just talked about how there's, uh, there's this intellectual dark web. There are these people who are talking about these ideas that are generally not in the mainstream. Uh, there's sort of alternative commentaries um, that are uh, counter to the mainstream narrative. And they're, they're trying to challenge ideas that, they, that other people won't talk about. Um, and it's essentially an umbrella term. And, and there were a lot of accusations. There are people who really like it. Uh, they like, and there are people who really don't like it, the whole idea. There are other people who like some people in it, and they don't like other people, which I think is probably the most reasonable position, mm -hmm. because it's a very strange umbrella to put over, you know, it's, it's certainly not a homogeneous group. Um, so w what is your understanding, Omar, of the intellectual dark web, and uh, did I define it okay, or do you, is there something you'd want to add? No, I think it's, it's pretty close. I mean, I think... The sort of the romantic narrative about them, the reason why there's the word dark in there is that this is an, a group of people whose intellectual ideas are not are sort of like this underground stream of rational thought that is not allowed a space in the mainstream. And that's why it's a dark web. And I find that to be a little bit disingenuous and over romanticized in the sense that a lot of the people that you've listed have been on MSNBC or CNN or Fox News and have written in pretty mainstream outlets. So their ideas are getting some significant level of exposure in, in mainstream discourse. Um, and I also think that there's the idea that what unites them is a huge commitment to free speech and thinking out of the box. And I think that that has a lot of truth in it, right? I think that when I think of the sort of in general, what that group, loose collection of, of thinkers brings to the table, there is the idea that you should not think strictly in terms of the traditional liberal uh, conservative dichotomy um, and left-right divide, that there is something bigger than that, that we can engage in constructive dialogue about a lot of things. But really, to me, what actually unites them is their collective hostility towards political correctness and identity politics on the left. I mean, just that seems to be the common thread that puts them all into one collective yeah. web. But, but do, do you think that they're justified now? Do you think there is a problem on the left with identity politics and political correctness? So I do think that there is a problem in the sense that there are excesses that one can point to. Um, but I think they blow them out of proportion. And there is this reflexive hostility towards political correctness and identity politics. And I don't think that it's necessarily consistent. Um, you I, know, if you, yeah. I, I think they, it is a big issue, the identity politics on the left. I, I just I just said, but I don't think people are blowing it out of proportion. I think it's a huge deal. The only thing I adjust is that it's not a left thing. Identity politics is being played by both left wing, of, you know, both by the far left and the far right. That's the only, uh, yeah, that's the that. only adjustment I make to it. I do think it's a big deal on both sides. Um, so it's not like like I know people like David Pakman say like, oh, it's not a big deal at all. Like, no, the left is only a very few fringe minority on the left are playing identity politics. Yeah, it is a fringe minority, but it's a very influential <laughs> fringe minority. And now he himself is experiencing his own audience attacking him. Like, I mean, do you know ContraPoints? Uh, I don't follow ContraPoints. ContraPoints no. is like this. Uh, so David Pakman and ContraPoints are such a good example because they're both left wing and... Uh, David Pagman was somebody that says that all oh, these whole uh, identity politics is not is is being you know out of proportion. But now his audience are going after him for these for exactly the same reasons for purity culture and all that stuff. And ContraPoints is this uh, transgender rights activist, and she has done so much, so much to okay, bring yeah, yeah. to bring attention to now, yeah. like transgender rights and stuff. 
And she mm-hmm. just said one thing, one tweet that just her, her, her audience didn't like. And now she's like, quit Twitter. Like, her, they went her. Well, what did she say? I, I, don't, I don't know anything she about said, this. She said, I think if I remember correctly, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong in the, in the live chat or stuff. She said that, um, you know, it started when she said when she goes to very hyper woke uh, environments and this obsession over people constantly have to, I don't know, worry about their pronouns and stuff like that. She finds that annoying, right? Uh, I think, I'm, I, maybe I'm misrepresenting here, but sh- this is what I think she said, so please correct me if I'm wrong. But then, whatever she said, it doesn't really matter, because the thing is that that one statement made her, and so many people go after her, and she's been like, somebody with such a record that has done more than most of these people to bring attention and fight for raising awareness about a transgender issue and educating people about transgender issues. They're going after her, like shooting your own people, people that are fighting on your side, going like this shows to me that there is a problem. There is a huge problem. Yes, it is a fringe so, minority on the left, just like the alt-right is a fringe minority of the right. But both of them are really big problems. I'm not saying which let one me, is... Let, yeah, let, me, let me challenge Omar, two Omar. things. Yeah. yeah, let me challenge yeah. two things on this front. First, I don't deny that it's a pretty significant phenomena in the sense that I've. it's happened to me, it's happened to almost everybody that I know. If you step slightly out of line, you're going to get trashed on Twitter by people who try to police your discourse. But... I want to ask why what's what's the actual physical harm apart from being trolled on Twitter? You know, if you just mute your notifications, then it's a pretty much powerless dynamic. You know, this outrage culture, this manufactured outrage oh, culture that I, exists. Well, let me tell you. you let know. me tell you because it's not just about trolling on Twitter, right? So, first of all, obviously none of the if if we're talking about physical harm, um, you know, almost most of the discussions that people are having against us, uh, they're not physically harming us. And when we're calling them out as wrong, People are like, well, they're wrong. Why are you calling them out? So, you know, we'll go after wrong statements, whether they're harming us physically or not. Right. Uh, but mm-hmm. when it comes to these people, um, these people's attitudes, it's way more than just trolling and Twitter people like going after you on Twitter. Because the, 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 the ideology of the far leftist people has a huge impact on um, so, social media, on the community standards, on Twitter. So here's the thing. The alt-right and alt-left, uh, f- sorry, far-right and far-left, they both have dangerous idea. The reason why the idea, and the, I, I, I can tell you, the ideas of far-right is way more dangerous than the ideas of far-left. But at, at the moment that we're speaking today, uh, the ideas of far, the far-left has more impact on a global scale than the ideas of far-right. Because uh, they have their philosophy and their ideology is has an impact on how Twitter monitors, you know, its community centers and Facebook, YouTube, um, and but, all these other. And these 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 are in platforms where discussions are happening on on a global scale. And I can tell you, just to adjust myself, I'm, if the if the far right was in charge of these uh, plat- had an influence on these platforms, it might have been even worse. But right yeah, now they but don't. But go ahead. you're talking you're talking about sort of like Twitter policy on which tweets get taken down. Compare that to the rise of the right with the rise of Donald Trump with anti-immigrant mm-hmm. sentiment, with white supremacist violence that is claiming dozens and dozens of lives across the country. I mean, I right, just think right. that there's I'm, no comparison I'm, there. Yeah, so oh, like, no, 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 no. Actually, let me, just, let me respond to that because I, I agree with you if you look at, you said across the country, right? So if you focus on certain countries, right, um, obviously 
um, you, one of them is going to be more than the other. And again, this is not a competition. I'm not, I'm not denying the rise of the far right, right? Especially, especially in India, actually. But but I also right, I also I don't agree with it with that is rising in in North America uh, and in Europe, not as much as in other places like India, but still it's rising. But I'm talking about globally. Okay, so yeah, mm -hmm. when it comes, if you focus on the U.S., the f the attack of like Trump's administration on freedom of expression is way beyond uh, what you know, like going after college reporters, campuses. college campuses. Now with this anti-BDS, uh, you know, I mean, I'm against. You know, we, that's a different discussion, and I think we disagree with that. I I'm against BDS, but I I am against silencing people that are pro-BDS, yeah. right? So I yeah. think that's an anti-free speech move by this administration. I think trying to take the licenses away from new reporters is a free speech issue, way above anything that I see. Like social media policies is less of a concern to me than when the government steps in and tries to limit free speech. So that's a bigger concern. But on, so if you focus on the US, maybe you're right. But if you focus globally, I'm talking, I'm telling you that the conversations that are being had, like more people are having concentration, uh, having conversations right now on these plat on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter, than anywhere else combined, right? So anything mm -hmm. that influenced, like the, all of these community standards is being decided in Silicon Valley, and it, it, anything that slightly changes what's allowed and what's not, is just changing global discussions on a mass astronomical way. Yeah, so, yeah, so uh, uh, Omar, and yeah, Sorry. just to add on that, I think just to clarify a little bit, uh, we've been dealing a lot with protesters in Iran tweeting or people mm -hmm. uploading videos to YouTube. So, for instance, a lot of secularists are doing that. A lot of the protests in Iran are being done by secularists. And because of the things that they're saying, when they're, because of their policy rules on criticizing religion, for instance, a lot of them get dinged, right? So I think that's one of the examples of what Armin's going on. But but go ahead, like Armin. Sorry, yeah. I think I'm going to stop talking. Case. I'm going to stop talking. So. Yeah. so, I mean, there's so much, actually. It's kind of hard to decide where to, where to begin. But go for it. For example, Zuhdi Jasser um, recently called me a terrorist on Twitter specified that he thinks that I'm running terrorist operations. He knows that's a lie. That's not, mm. it's not a, an issue of, of having sort of a mistaken understanding. And I reported it to Twitter and Twitter responded by saying, oh, we've seen no violation. So, you know, well, I, I just, I don't, we don't want to hype the extent to which. I'm in. One second. Yeah. yeah. So no, no, go ahead. Dara. Go on. Sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. So, you know, there's plenty of stuff that obviously crosses the line. And this is not just somebody expressing an opinion, you know, accusing somebody of carrying out terrorist operations is really liable and frankly it puts my life at risk you know it's something that you guys are familiar with i'm sure with the kind of accusations and stuff that that comes your way mm. um as far as sort of trumpism is concerned i'm, I'm trying to remember where where i was going to go with that one you know you're talking about sort of uh, you we agreed so put the substance of bds aside and just talk about it from a free speech angle we agree and it's by the way not just this administration it's also been the republican controlled uh congress that has been trying to push uh, bills back when Congress was in control and now with the Senate also remaining in Republican hands, they attempted to push legislation that seeks to punish American citizens who choose to boycott Israel. Yeah. And that to me is the frustration is that you have the intellectual dark web that is supposed to be about free speech and you could you, there's barely a peep, you know? If pressed on it, some of them might push a tweet forward saying, oh yeah, this is not great. Hmm. But this is not what they're talking about when it comes to free speech. They're focusing on sort of what college campus students are are engaged in in terms of like shutting down speakers or whatever, but a much more significant threat that is coming from the government 
to suppress Americans' right to free expression. That ends up going ignored. Well, There's a lot of complaints about identity politics, right? Mm. Um, but to me, when somebody, and, and sort of like the left overusing the charge of racism, they're, they're mad at the left because they think the left throws the word racist at anyone at any moment. But then you look at somebody like Mark Lamont Hill, who gives a speech about Israel that Ben Shapiro doesn't like, and Ben Shapiro calls him an anti-Semite. And that's precisely right. the kind of thing that they're supposed, you know, they complain about on the left. And then they reflect all these behaviors themselves, many of them. Um, and there's just right. no self-awareness yeah. to, to about it. Fair, I, I, to, be I, fa to be fair, though, yeah. it de really depends on which one of these people are talking about on the intellectual dark web. Because Sam Harris went, goes after Trump way more than he goes after, like, at least, you know, after the uh, leftists. Like, he is... He calls out all, uh, Trump on all his nonsense all the time. So oh, he despises. Yeah. But but I I want to say this. So Omar, actually I actually agree with you. I think this is one of the things that I've, even Armin and I over here have, have talked about as well. Is that this accusation of you know how they say the the left says you're a racist, you're a bigot. I mean we both get called that all the time. I'm I'm pretty sure you have to at some point. Mm. Uh, we've been called Nazis and and uh, and is and what have we been called? You know that Nazis that Nazi, Nazi we, this but by the way just now you mentioned Nazi is just like so all my efforts not swearing is now it, it doesn't matter anymore because we mentioned Nazis. So guys, okay, so the people that are listening the people that are listening to this please Share these videos because when we say Nazis, you know, this video like will not get recommended to anybody. So please share our so, videos. Go. All right. So in, in any case, so, so there's that aspect, but you're you're absolutely right. And and again, you know, we've talked about this at any time, this charge of anti-Semitism. And we did a whole show on this uh, with Day, with Jay Shapiro, not Ben Shapiro. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he would not appreciate that comparison yeah. but <laughs> with jay shapiro when he was on you know he he talked about it we talked about the political cartoon in the new york times about whether it was anti-semitic or not and he didn't think that it was uh he thought it was legitimate satire and so on so so we have we think that yes this uh the, the right throws that around like oh you're an anti-semite you're a terrorist you're this and that all the time and and uh two and this is something that armin mentioned that i think is it's very is a good point is when you talk about identity politics on the left it is just as much on the right, if not more, because, you know, on the right, people always talk about our European heritage and, you know, the, the whites are going to be replaced and, you know, our, our Christian, so Judeo-Christian values. All, it's all it's all the nation states. It's the, the nationalism itself. Nationalism is the most, uh, uh, you know, it's the epitome of identity politics. Right? Mm -hmm. so, so there's all of these things. Um, they exist. I do think, and this is where I think we disagree. So. I, 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 we're not, I mean, when, when it comes to, when you talk about Dave Rubin, and I'll, I'll tell you personally, I, I was, I, I knew Dave Rubin, I was one of the first, and it's, when he started his show, I was one of the first few guests uh, that was on it, he actually did a lot of good stuff back then, uh, bringing the voices of uh, ex-Muslims and the ex-Muslim movement out, um, many of us went on a show, and uh, uh, later on, you know, when he changed, and I, I'm not, it's just, I, I don't, talk to him anymore like we're, mm -hmm. we're not in touch anymore because we were I, I too critical of them there's you know we were critical of him once yeah right or twice and then, and, yeah. and he he wasn't able to deal with it so, so he, all this he's, all he's okay. accusations yeah. of snowflake snowflake you know the left being snowflake again that's not out of proportion the far left is a bunch of snowflakes but so is the far right <laughs> yeah. i mean not the yeah. sorry sorry dave rubin is not far right but so people so so are people that are associate a lot of people that associate themselves with their right yeah Right. But I think but, yeah, what, what I'm um, what I'm getting to is aside from that, I think there is uh, 
there are different people here. I, I think that someone like, for example, someone like Sam Harris, yeah. right? And uh, Sam Harris is somebody that I think we're going to disagree on disagree because I on actually this. have a lot of respect uh, mm -hmm. for him. I disagree with a lot of things that he says. I do. Okay, and we can get into that if you want. But I, I think that he's been very consistent in terms of uh, he comes from a good faith place. Uh, if he thinks that something should be criticized, he will. He does call out identity politics on the on the far right as well. Yep. Um, he frequently but, speaks about in fact, okay, his Ali, own let's, listener. Let's start. Yeah. Both me and you are talking way too much and not letting our guests. Oh, that's yeah. right. I, yeah. I keep on forgetting that I'm talking too much. Too. <laughs> not yeah. at all. No, no. I think, I think honestly, this is, a, this is a good point for um, for an interjection here. I'll grant you two things about Sam Harris. I think he is incredibly intelligent. There is no question about it. And I think anybody who listens to him talk can see that he's a very high IQ person who's very, very interesting on a wide range of topics. So I actually enjoy listening to him in general. Um, and I think he does come from an honest place about this. He's not a Brigitte Gabriel or some of these characters that are obviously just lying through their teeth and engaging in all kinds of propaganda for the sake of, of generating a certain climate. Nonetheless, having said that, I think that he is very defensive and does not like to examine his own biases and can be a little bit tribal um, in, in the sense that I'll, I'll give you one example that happened early on um, when there was an attempt to build a Muslim community center in um, New York that was going to be three blocks away from where uh, the World Trade Center once stood. Um, Sam Harris was one of the most outspoken people against it and was basically, you know, we're talking about here, by the way, about the fundamental right of American citizens to exercise their religious freedom to build a Muslim community center. And based on the proximity of that center to uh, Ground Zero, it was ended up being dubbed the Ground Zero Mosque. And Sam Harris was one of the people who crusaded against it. So that, to me, first of all, is incredibly biased. And second of all, it is identity politics, right? So when we complain about Muslims, for example, engaging in identity politics, I think identity politics comes a lot from the fact that people are under attack because of their identity. And if you have American Muslims being told that because of who they are, they can't build a community center or a place of worship within a certain vicinity of something else, then that's why people organize around that identity. And I think this is one of the examples where Sam Harris was just completely wrong. And I can list multiple examples like that. Well, I mean, I haven't I haven't researched that example, but the examples that I have looked into seems like he was completely mischaracterized and such an obvious way. Um, like the, the three that um, I had in mind was uh, the, his when he said the profiling like of people mm -hmm. in airports um with a nuclear first strike on a muslim country uh and the most recent one with al jazeera's clip i saw that was such a dishonest way of uh quote mining him when he this was okay so sam harris came they took uh, one of his i don't know he was on uh, a news clip or something and he was saying that we are we are not so we are not his point was that he, we are not at, at war with all muslims Right. Mm -hmm. We are only at war with a certain group of Muslims. So if you he said, to, you know, if you just played uh, the, the Al Jazeera clipped out something that he uh, that he said that made it look like he's saying we're at war with all Muslims. But if you just played it just a few more seconds, just a few more seconds. You could see that he was saying the exact opposite, that we are not at war with all Muslims, that we are only mm -hmm. at war with a certain group of Muslims that are willing to like go blow themselves up. And, and he even in that quote, he specifically said they are a minority of Muslims. Right. So mm -hmm. think about how dishonest I, I, and as a news source as big as Al Jazeera.
Like this could not have been a mistake. Like this must have been on purpose. To take a sentence like that, like nobody could play edit this unless it was uh, on purpose. To take a, cl to, a, a quote that he's specifically saying that we're not uh, we're all Muslims and clip clip it out that actually says the exact opposite and put it on Al Jazeera to millions of viewers makes me think if Al Jazeera can do that and get away with it. How many other yep. people are doing that? I mean, we have experienced that. Ali and I experienced that with our own things, right? Mm -hmm. Ali, like for example, you know, I I have said many things that I even said online, like, oh, people are probably some people might actually take this part out and not give my full point to make me look like racist. And even after I said, oh, how disingenuous it would be if somebody did that, they still did that. They still yep. went and did that to me. So this is why I'm always very skeptical if somebody says, oh, Sam Harris is racist, so-and-so is racist. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, you have to really see what they were saying. Like, mm -hmm. with the profiling part, right? The profiling part, like, the part that people leave out is when he said people should be profiled. By the way, I disagree with Sam Harris's profiling policies. Mm -hmm. But it was not a racist claim, even though I disagree with his position for different reasons. What he was saying is that he would be one of those people like yep. that has to be uh, like based on his profile, being male, being like certain age, he would be picked as one of the people that would be profiled for extra security screening instead of like an, my, his grandma or something like that. Right. Or a two, so, four year old girl. Right. So yep. Yep. this is this yeah. is one of the things that I actually ended up writing an in-depth piece on um, right. the, okay. the profiling angle. I'm not familiar with the Al Jazeera clip, so I can't really comment about it individually. Right. Um, I oh. But I definitely. I, I, I also have just. I'll let you go on. I also have a comment. I looked up his position on the 9/11 mosque, and we'll get into that in a bit too. But okay. sure, go ahead. Um, he, uh, you know, on on the profiling. Uh, sorry, before that, I'm trying to remember what I was saying um, directly sure. before that. You said you wrote an in-depth piece on the. Yeah, yeah, uh, on on the profiling yeah. bit. Um, and but no, no. On generally speaking, Sam Harris being misrepresented. Um, I think. I have definitely seen people misquote him and misattribute things to him online, so right. I'm familiar with it, that the fact that this happens. But just because that kind of thing happened does not mean that he has not said offensive things that were offensive in context. And I think that right. there's I'm plenty not, of I things wasn't, I wasn't claiming well. that. I was claiming yep. that's why I would be skeptical, not that I would. Yeah. Be. So if you say, I've seen this, these things, so I would never be believe, that's, that's too mm -hmm. far. Just because some people are lying, that doesn't mean you should not believe any claims. But yep. that does give you a reason to be extremely skeptical. To, to certainly, yeah, yeah. certainly yeah. it becomes important to, whenever you hear a claim, to actually do a little bit of research and double-check the context and read it for yourself. And right. I think that one of the cases, you know, there was a lot of talk around whether Sam Harris was being misrepresented as anti-Muslim. Um, and Glenn Greenwald ended up writing a long piece for The Guardian called Sam Harris something It has the words anti-Muslim animus in it. Um, and that was a thorough sort of debunking of the claim that he's, you know, he's always misrepresented and taken out of context, that he provided certain context for certain things right. that cumulatively gave an impression of somebody who has so an anti-Muslim bias. the profiling, so, for example. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, let's, let's focus on the profiling for, for uh, specifically. Early on, Sam Harris said that people who, that profiling, we should be honest about the fact that we should profile Muslims or anybody who looks like they might be Muslim. It might conceivably look Muslim, is yes. what you, the words you used, yeah. Yep. And then in an earlier piece in the Huffington Post that he published, he made a reference to ethnic profiling. Yeah. And then later on in a clarifying interview about when he was accused of being racist because he supports profiling and so on, he appeared on Dave Rabin, uh, Rubin's show hmm. 
and basically said, look, all I'm argu arguing for is a policy of anti-profiling. Right. I'm basically saying that a 90-year-old white woman should not be profiled because obviously she's not going to be one of the terrorists. Right. And the problem for me is that these are contradictory positions. He has basically said multiple different things about um, profiling. Right. A policy of anti-profiling is one thing. I think most common sense people would get behind that kind of thing. But when you're specifying that you want people who could plausibly be of a particular reason to be profiled, that is absolutely, undeniably, a, an so, issue. You know, becomes you know to sort of to sort of then claim that Sam Harris does not support the profiling of Muslims at airports is just so. I didn't say I didn't say I didn't say he doesn't support profiling. Uh, like here's the thing: I actually had to think about this to see why I would be against profiling Muslims, right? Because mm -hmm. I am now against it. But the thing yep. is that I had to think about it. Like for if I see statistically. Right. Statistically, it's way more likely for Muslims to be a ter uh, to be terrorists, um, mm -hmm. you know, then why shouldn't it, and we have limited resources. Why shouldn't we look at Muslims more than other people? Right. Yeah. Why should we waste resources on people that are astronomically less likely to be terrorists on a plane or even people that we don't know if they're Muslim or not, but they have a background that could more, more make them more likely to be terrorists. Right. And the answer I had to that is because. The social consequences to that beyond the airport is way more than any harm that you would be avoiding in, on a plane. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, I'll, I'll give you. Yeah. But I'll give but you I three had to, other reasons. But, but the yep. thing is, but the thing is that I had to think about that. I mean, I disagree with Sam Harris on this point, but we should be able to exercise these. We should be able to think about these. Like, if somebody has this position. We, they should be able to, like, I want them, doesn't mean they're racist. They're just like doing a mathematical analysis. And even though, mm -hmm. and they're like, okay, mathematically, given limited resources, this makes sense. And this is why I think it makes sense. I don't think they're being a bigot if they're doing a mathematical statistical analysis. I'm just, I, I have, again, I am against that position. I just mm -hmm. don't think that even, even though I'm against that position, I don't think it's necessarily a bigot. It could be motivated from bigoted, um, you know, from a bigoted point of view. But it doesn't view. have to be. But it doesn't yeah. have to so, be. Yeah, so, so uh, Omar, go but, ahead. And go I, ahead. I have something to say. I kind of disagree with both of you guys a little bit. All right, bit, go, ahead. Yeah. go ahead. Omar, so, go ahead. I'll say a couple of things about profiling real quick. Um, first of all, I think... It is impractical to try to profile Muslims because there is no Muslim profile. Muslims come from every part of the world. Yeah. Um, the majority of Muslims in the United States are black Muslims. So in effect, to try to profile Muslims would be to profile black people. Those would be the people who are most likely to be Muslim in an, in an American context. So from a, from a practical application, you can't really do it. Um, but even if you were to try, the problem with that in principle, even if you could identify people as Muslim based on name or whatever, you end up missing all the other violent extremists. You know, there was an attack recently in, in recent years um, at, you know, against TSA by a right wing extremist. There was a guy who flew a small plane into the IRS building. So the idea that we're looking for one kind of terrorist as opposed to looking for all plausible violence, I think, to be problematic in, in the okay. first place. You know, that's... Okay, so... Yeah. It, uh, hold on, hold on. Ar Armin, no, no. let him okay. get to the third ah, one. Sorry. Third point. This, yeah, is just point. this is hard. This is hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Strong and, uh, by the way, I got to respond first. So, uh, yeah. go ahead. Okay. Um, and, and the third thing I want to say about that is that... Um, 
Oh man, I'm I'm losing my train of thought a lot. Yeah, I have right a, I have a piece I'll of. I, here, wait, 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 wait. have let, a let, note. Let, have a note. This is what I'm doing. I'm just saying. Okay. I, I think I should grab a pen and a piece of paper. Actually, yeah, that yeah. would be a brilliant thing. Yeah. I don't want to ruin the podcast. If I step, no, no, don't, 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 no, 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 go ahead, go ahead. No, no, go, 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 grab a piece of paper. I think that'll be very, very useful. Sorry, hang on, because I've lost my train of thought a couple of times already. One second. Yeah, I'll, I'll just, I'll clear up that. Or you could open a tab with like I have a Google Doc that I just write my notes whenever. But go on, go, go, get one. Yeah. Go one for second. It. Yeah, okay. So, so here's the thing, Ali. But while he go gets says, I think we need to uh, evaluate these people. Um, so we're, we're I, I feel like we're gonna focus all all our time on Sam Harris, but given that we said the intellectual dark web, I think the keep the we all we already touched on Dave Rubin, but I think we need to talk about Ben Shapiro and Jordan Peterson a little bit more too. And I really want to bring up this tweet by Ben Shapiro. Where he said, Israelis like to build, Arabs and like Arabs to, Arab to bomb, likes to yeah. bomb crap, and live in open sewage. This yeah. is not a difficult issue. So I think we should bring right. that tweet up at some point. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we will. I'm we're we're going to talk about that. But right. yep. anyway, I'm a happy camper now. I have so a pen and you, paper. Can I, can I go ahead or do you no, want no, to? No, no, he wasn't finished. I'll just, okay. Yep, I'll, I'll squeeze the last thing about profiling. The point is not about Sam Harris, and I think there's just a, a broader point about Sam Harris, is that I think. A lot of the times he's accused of being misrepresented mm -hmm. and quote mine because he does take contradictory positions and he's not always very clear about the position that he's actually taking, which is something that I find frustrating, is that if you take multiple positions on a particular issue the way he did with profiling, then I can see how somebody who's familiar with one specific interview of him would be aggrieved because they feel that Sam Harris is being misrepresented if he's accused of saying X, Y, Z when he has used the term. How is it multiple positions though? Like it's so, just different examples. Uh, it, it kind of it kind of is, Armin. It's uh, just it, different uh, examples of the same position. Yeah, no, but, no. But one I, of them is ethnic profiling, right? Like just the most extreme yeah. contrast is that the very first piece he wrote in the Huffington Post, right. he made an explicit reference to ethnic profiling. He used the word ethnic. Right. And then in the last position that he took, which I think it was much more developed, in the Dave Rubin interview, he only said, "I'm for anti-profiling. We should only." You know, we should not profile people who are obviously extremely yeah. unlikely to become a threat. And so, I think that those are very different things. So here, here's what I think. I think that there was a genuine evolution in his views. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that when I remember reading that first HuffPost piece, and I, I had the same reaction you did, I think that the idea of ethnic profiling, the first thing that I thought was, okay, so now, first of all, rewind and let's go back to this context. Today, when there is a terrorist attack and someone drives a car into a crowd, and this is weird, Compared to four years ago, where we we're like, okay, this is almost certainly an Islamic terrorist attack. Mm -hmm. Now I think I'm like, okay, this is probably most likely a white supremacist or an incel or something, right? Yep. But it could be an Islamic terrorist attack as well. So yep. it's in the West. We're talking about specifically in the West, in Europe, and in the United States. So those things have changed. So in terms of profiling, a lot of you know when we talk about terrorism, that that whole paradigm has shifted. Yep. Uh, when you wrote so, those articles, the paradigm was very different. But before, okay, so but before true, you continue, but, can I also add, write a note what you're going to say? I, uh, want... I have a question for you though. So yeah, if you yeah were... go ahead. Okay. I'm happy to ask it to you, and then you can give me the answer and whatever you're saying. Okay, go. No, no, go. Ask a question. Guess, guess. Okay. Ask My question for you, Armin, is if somebody says, according to statistics, black people are more likely to commit robberies, according mm -hmm. to federal statistics. Okay. Therefore, we should profile black people when they're entering malls. Would you find that to be a bigoted position? Um, depends on the depends on the motivation of the person, and I'm not reminded. I would be against that position. Right, mm -hmm. I would be against that position because I think that even if that's even with true statistics, even with true data, 
the the backlash and the social co living in a society where your ethnicity makes you um, de de determines how you're treated the consequences of that is way more than the harms that you're causing right so i would mm -hmm. be against that position but i'm not going to accuse the, per the person that is saying that right I'm not going to think that they're, I don't know if they're a bigot or not, right? If they are saying, listen, I'm not, if they are in their own, in, in their own, you know, honest mind to themselves, right? They could be like, you know what? I'm just, I just hate black people and I just want them to be profiled, right? And I just, I just think they're inferior and I think they should be treated differently. That person is a bigot. If somebody is like, you know what? I don't, it, or they're in their own mind, in their honest mind, they be like, I really wish this wasn't the case. I really wish that this uh, this is going to be really bad. I, I, I don't want this to be the solution. But given the data that I've seen, given what I looked at the data, it seemed like this is the only solution. Even if, mm -hmm. it, I, would be, I think they're wrong. But even if they're wrong, their intention was not bigoted. So I think t two different people could have the same wrong answer. One of them mm -hmm. with bigoted in intentions, but one of them with, with non-bigoted and un uh, intentions that just came to an unfortunate conclusion, right? Uh, can I? Can does I, that, I? Wait, so does I that wanna, make sense? Does that? Yeah, no, I understand. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Omar, I want to answer that too. So I actually mm -hmm. think that is a bigoted position. I, I don't think I, I think Armin's right that okay whoever came up with it they may not have intended it to be bigoted that's a different thing we can't read people's minds all the time but I do think it's a bigoted position but I think it's a wrong example too so now wait why is it a bigoted position if your intentions were not bigoted what makes wait, it bigoted? hold on Armin. let me let me let me explain so the thing I think that the more uh, apt comparison here is that if the KKK is going out on a terrorist attack spree and mm -hmm. we're like okay we are going to profile basically white people. Right, because the KKK is almost all white. I think that's reasonable. If you have the black Hebrew, the what is that group? The Hebrew, Hebrew Israelites. Israelites. Yep. Yeah, the people who just did that recent uh, attack on the the anti-Semitic attack. Okay, so so those guys that the shooting in I think it was Jersey City, right? Yeah. So those guys, if they say that okay, these guys, um, the, the the Hebrew Israelites are, the, which is a black group, they're going around and they are on this terrorist spree, and we're trying to look for them. Then yes, in that case. You'd be profiling so, specifically but that, black but people. But it's not speculative. It is happening yeah. right now, right? We have a spree of white of, of white supremacists. Wait, wait, I have and, a question. Can I ask my question? Wait, wait, hold, 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 hold on. Uh, just let me let me finish this. Let me but, just, you guys uh, talk. Yeah. And, yeah, just to I, I, me, that's the equivalence, right? If if there is a spree of white supremacist mass shootings, we don't profile yes. white people. Shouldn't we? No, no that's my question. Spree, shouldn't we? Should I? You should, Omar. Like Omar, shouldn't we though? Yeah, no, that's what I'm trying to say. No, that, so, but that's my question. Thing. I want to know what his answer is. Like, let's say, like, let's say that we show data shows that right now white supremacists in the United States are committing most of the terrorist attacks. Should police, when they, when, when police force, when they're going out and looking for suspects, like white, right wing white supremacists that are trying to, like, that are planning an attack, right? Should or they stop? An should they? Group. Yeah. Should they like if that is if that is what FBI is investigating? Do you think they mm -hmm. should stop black people as well, or, sh or should uh, <laughs> don't shouldn't yeah. they shouldn't they just only look for white if, people? If but that you're you're putting your finger on it, right? If mm -hmm. we're talking about a specific incident that was carried out by a white supremacist, of course they should only be looking for white people. That's called basic police work. However, as a general policy, should the police should police be concerned about white supremacist violence to the exclusion of uh, other forms of violence i mean no 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 let's say you have a branch in fbi 
okay, mm-hmm. that is focused on stopping white supremacists, right? It's not about a specific pla- day. Like, do you know? Yeah. By the like, way, there was one, and Trump canceled it. There okay. was a focus on white okay. Let's say let's say we yeah. we bring it back, okay? Mm-hmm. And this is not they're not looking at a specific crime that is going to happen tomorrow that they learn about that they know who the suspects are. No, it's just a general general task force against white supremacists, yep. and they're investigating people. Shouldn't they? Shouldn't mm-hmm. these people? be ignoring um any black uh people being active yeah yeah so the only distinction we're drawing here is between individual units that are focused on an individual problem in which case obviously they should focus on the profile that they're going after okay so so you agree like general policy if you're walking to airport security certainly the job of airport security to look at everyone and every potential kind of different violent or extremist or armed person not mm. a specific profile. So okay, so, so another, the, another more closer example. Let's say let's say um, Islamic terrorist attacks died down completely. Okay, mm-hmm. like it became a fraction of what it used to be, um, and now every terrorist attack, the vast majority of terrorist attack is by white supremacists, P- uh, uh, plane attacks, suicide attacks, whatever. Right, in that mm-hmm. case, in the airport, right, uh, shouldn't the airport security just mostly stop white men? No? I, I don't think so at no? all. Because, again, we're talking about... And if you ignore any kind of any particular kind of threat, you're creating a profile for who can get past that, right? But would that when be a bigoted talk- position? Let's say, you, you know, you're right. I don't think that's a good policy. Even if all terrorist attacks are white, uh, by, by white supremacists, right? The reason why I wouldn't be for airport security only stopping white men would be because of the backlash because of the again the social reaction to the uh, the reaction to that in the society in society at large but i don't think that the motivation of the airport like if the airport came up with this policy like oh let's just focus on white people from now on because statistically it's very unlikely for anybody else to be a terrorist even though i would be against that position I wouldn't say like, oh, these airport security people are bigoted. I think their motivation was not to be bigoted. Their motivation I, was security. I, I think, I think that uh, okay. So first of all, we got to wrap this up because we got to move on. Like right. we're getting caught up in this a little bit right. too much. Sorry, uh, sorry. But I, I just wanted to f- finish the thing I was saying. So I wasn't talking about. I think when it comes to the ethnic side of things, the moment you go ethnic, you are, um, uh, you're, you're pigeonholing, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that that is always a bigoted position. Uh, the only time. Uh, where it becomes a little rough is if you have an ethnic group that is associated with a certain thing like the black Hebrew Israelites or the KKK or white supremacist terrorism. or And, and then with the Islamic thing, I disagree with Sam Harrison about the ethnic thing. And I think that he eventually moved away from that position himself, even though he didn't. He did, no, he I don't know if he overtly it, said it. Yeah, but but he but the idea was that there's a religious profiling aspect where when all of the when you're looking for Islamic terrorists, then you're not going to look for the Amish. I mean, you're just, you're just not going to do that. But that doesn't mean that you're only looking at brown people. You're also looking at the the Sarnayev brothers, who are from literally from the Caucasus Mountains, yeah. where right. the word Caucasian comes from. You've got yeah. Jose Padilla. But Hispanic, examples examples Reed. don't mean anything. You have to look at statistics. Anecdotal, no, but I'm talking anecdotal. about actual all of the terrorist attacks that were done. Right. The guy, the underwear bomber, was from Nigeria. I mean, these are all. This is not just examples. These are the yeah. actual people who did this stuff. All right. Uh, but guess, guess. Let's. Uh, I'm going to stop talking. Let's get, let yeah, like, Ar- Armin, stop. Uh, let's let Omar have the last yeah. word on this, and, and then we move on. Because so, I yeah. wanna, Actually, I'll, I'll draw it back. I'll just, you know, I don't know if we want to go on, continue on the Sam Harris 
uh, aspect of it, well, but I would like to just say one one broader point about him. Right. I agree that any individual policy or position or statement, yeah. you can discern racist motivations or not racist motivations or what. There could be multiple explanations for why, why somebody could advocate for a particular position on any issue. However, cumulatively, you can create a picture of who a person is depending on the kind of concerns they generally have. Mm, and so okay. for me, when you add together the fact that Sam Harris believes that Islam is more dangerous than other religions. And he's concerned about sort of Muslim immigration to Western countries. Mm -hmm. And he's concerned about the Ground Zero Mosque, you know, the so-called Ground Zero Mosque, Muslims building uh, a mosque. On Israel-Palestine, he ends up taking, being much more sympathetic to Israel than the Palestinians, even though that to me is a case of, it, it's just, it's such a simple situation where one people are oppressed and the other side is the oppressor. And then you add on top of that, that he's comfortable with somebody like Ben Shapiro, uh, who I think is a right-wing religious extremist, um, and he can Sam Harris can sit down with him and have a nice conversation, but then he views somebody like Linda Sarsour as a crazy religious zealot that he can't possibly ever have anything in common with. All of that points to a certain tribal tendency to view Muslims as the other and right. to make excuses for people on his own side, and I think that's the problem. And I, again, I don't think Sam Harris is being intentionally bigoted about any of this stuff. I think we all of us have biases, and my frustration is that I don't think Sam Harris really examines his own biases. When he talks about the issue, concern about um, Muslim immigration, he makes a reference to Muslim men raping white women. Why was it white women? Why, why, why is the word white necessary in talking about that as an example? Because that to me really screams tribalism. So, but, but for, I don't know, there's a list of things there, but Islam is more dangerous than other religions. Um, I mean, How so? Well, okay. Um, and because so here's the thing like all of these religions are all equally false equally false but they're not equally dangerous the reason why they're not equally dangerous they all are dangerous they all are dangerous of course um, any any false idea is dangerous the reason why they're not equally dangerous is because islam is a lot more political uh, and obsessed with governance and obsessed with influencing people's lives and obsessed with telling uh, followers of Islam how to control the people's lives way more than other religions again I'm not saying the other ones don't do that I'm just saying Islam he did if you uh, Islam does it a lot more if you compare Islam with Christianity for example uh, Muhammad the story of Muhammad and story of Jesus are similar in a way that both Muhammad and Jesus the characters I'm not talking about whoever whatever they're true characters were or whatever they actually did historically the characters as is canon in christianity and islam they were both re rebels against religious authorities at the time um, the only difference is that jesus didn't manage to didn't win he got crucified by the romans and didn't manage to rule muhammad rebelled against the religious authorities of time and he won and he half of his story is him ruling over uh, a group of people so if if christianity could be simplified um in do what jesus does and or and says and, and islam could be simplified to do uh, what muhammad says and does then Muhammad's life includes a ruling, uh, which it makes it a lot more political than Christianity could ever be. Again, I do agree that Christianity has certain verses in the Bible that could very much be used for political reasons, right? Um, yeah. well, but not as have been. they have been many times. But is when it comes to a weapon for ruling over people, I think you can't find something better than Islam.
Yeah, yeah. I, I really disagree with that assessment. Um, I but think is that a bigoted position, though? Even if you disagree, <laughs> it you, no, you can you can theoretically argue it on merits. Um, right. Just I think you would need a lot more compelling evidence. There was a time when yeah, but I could um, be wrong with that being our, a bigot. Our, yeah, 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 sorry, go sure, you're right. not you're yeah, not yeah. yes, you're not inherently bigoted for speculating based on the text or whatever that Islam is more dangerous. That does not necessarily mean that you are inherently bigoted. Guys, True. Right. I, I am um, kind of... I'm, I, see, I'm sorry, I, Armin, I keep on doing this, but... No, 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 I, thank I, you. I thank you. No, no, yeah, you, yeah. you need to do that. I'm practicing. Go, but go on. Omar. <laughs> yep. Um, but I think that there was a time when Christian Europe was in the Dark Ages and the Muslims were going through the Golden Age of Enlightenment. Mm -hmm. And when you look at that setup, you could very well look in that environment and say, oh, well, Christianity clearly is much more ripe Ooh. to authoritarianism and anti-science and so on. So, I need to respond. Can I respond to no, that? No, no, Armin, I'm going to respond. No, no, okay, no, 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 you can't. I have to respond to this. Because, <laughs> Armin! No, 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 I have no, to respond to this because no, I wasn't, okay, you, changed, to, you changed it to Ar Christians and Muslims. I wasn't talking about Muslims and Christians. Muslims, mm -hmm. Ar not Muslims, Arab and Persians who happened mm -hmm. to be Muslim went mm -hmm. through a golden age not because of Islam, despite of Islam. Same yeah, as okay. same as Christians when they went through an enlightenment age it had nothing to do with Christianity. It was we're in spite at, of Christianity, we're, right? We're so I'm talking, I'm talking about I'm talking about the religion itself, not what Muslims and Christians did. But go, sorry. sorry. Major point, Armin. Okay. The, the thing is Look, here's a, what he's talking about. He's, we're not talking about Muslims and Christians. We're talking about Islam and Christianity. Uh, I, I have another view on this. I think that, yes, historically, every religion has kind of had its time. Uh, Christian Christianity for a very long time uh, was uh, was actually the worst religion and the most dangerous religion out there. A lot of it was because of the Old Testament. So here's what the, the reason that I think Islam, Islam is actually more evolved. It's smarter. And because it's smarter, it's more political. It's actually it's actually uh, learned the lessons of both Judaism and Christianity. So what did Judaism had? It had a lot of the same sort of corporal punishments and the and the cruelty that Islam has in terms of the punishment and the statesmanship and the war and the war and the and the, and the militancy. That was all in in Judaism. But it wasn't that much of an afterlife issue that you know you're going to burn in hell or heaven or anything like that. Christianity came in. It was very love and peace and hippie and all that stuff according to legend, but they also said that if you don't accept me as your savior, right, you're going to burn in hell forever, eternal torture. Okay, so that was that was the, the terrorism of Christianity. Okay. okay, now Islam did is it took both of those. It took like the corporal and the earthly punishments and the laws and the, and the statesmanship and the, the, polit the politics of Judaism yeah. in the Old Testament, and it took the afterlife and the eternal torture from, from Christianity and it actually combined it into a system that was very, very effective. It was yeah. very effective as, as a political system. So in that way, just by virtue of being chronologically, you know, the, the later one, I, I think it ended up becoming more dangerous because, because it was designed to, it was learned from the lessons and the mistakes of, of the past religions. Sure. So I... Uh, all right, let's, intellectual dark quick, list of the list yeah. of the dark quick people. No, but but our guests respond so, to what we would be saying, and then we no. move to the rest of the dark. So, quick. Coming back to coming back to you know what what Sam Harris says, I I do think that I I, I agree with you when it comes to I, I know that Sam Harris likes Douglas Murray a lot. I feel like Douglas Murray is the the uses a lot of identity politics. He's mm -hmm. really about nation states and Christian Europe and all of that stuff. And I am not, I'm, I'm uncomfortable oh. with the way he talks about Muslim immigration, even yeah. if I think that it's a, so Douglas Murray is another example of, of a, 
Uh, but, person. Uh, so I, I disagree so, with them. But sitting, yeah. another thing, what Omar says, sitting with people that like Ben Shapiro, like Ali mentioned at the beginning of, I don't know, but we were on air or off air. We sat with people that and had a friendly conversation with people that wanted to, that said that under certain, uh, under Sharia state, me and Ali should be executed. Executed. Mm -hmm. And we sat down with this person, had them on a show, and we had a friendly conversation with them. And this person was an Islamic fundament, Muslim fundamentalist. That doesn't mean, I mean, we we endorse his position, right? And so we challenge that. that doesn't yeah. that I think that position that doesn't mean somebody is tribal. And if if we're talking no, no. about tribalism, again, Sam Harris is somebody that has gone after the Trump administration. If he wanted to be so tribal, why wouldn't he like stay stay away from like uh, the people that are anti-Islam? Yeah. Then also they're also a lot of them are also pro-Trump. So why wouldn't he just stay away yeah, from? I, attacking I, Trump. He's Omar, smarter than most of you them. Said then why wouldn't he also sit with Linda Sarsour? So just elaborate on that. Yeah. So to me, it's 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 a contrast between the people that you're comfortable with, right? So for somebody like Dave Rubin, you know, he doesn't. By the way, he's always uses that example. I think Joe Rogan, who I also like, um, part of the intellectual dark web talks about how Dave Rubin is, you know, he's not, he doesn't like the biggest that he has on. He's only having open conversation with them. And I think that that's absolutely not true in the case of Dave Rubin. Oh, we when, all agree on Dave Rubin. Yeah, yeah. We, when he sat down with Brigitte Gabriel, he was fawning all over her. And she is yeah. the most extreme, dishonest, anti-Muslim bigot that there could be. She yeah. started as an anti-Arab racist. And I think she capitalized on the moment that we have politically in this country. You know, when we have Trump talking about banning Muslims when he was running for, you know, uh, a complete and total shutdown of Muslims entering the country. When somebody in the audience asked Trump about when are we going to get rid of Muslims, Trump entertained that idea and goes, yeah, yeah, we'll see what we can do about yeah. that. That's the political climate that we have. And that's why somebody like Brigitte Gabriel switched from anti-Arab racism to anti-Muslim. No, no, we, we all agree on that. That's yep. a, Brigitte Gabriel, Robert Spencer, like yep. these, these things we agree on. But I, I'm saying that I think that your counter to what Armin was saying about that. Okay, we had a conversation with Daniel Hakika Jew who told us we could be executed. Uh, Sam has conversations with the right yeah. sort of like. It's, uh, it's just that Sam is. Our attitude towards Ben Shapiro is charitable, and it's not the same when it comes to Muslim public. I mean, he argues like against Linda his positions. Sarsour. What else should he no, but, do? But Armin, swear at him? Ar Armin, I, I think that's a legitimate point. I think what, no, what like, Omar is saying. You have is to be friendly to people that you disagree with. Like he, Sam Harris, disagrees with Ben Shapiro on a lot of his position, and he no, no, argues Ar against. Armin, he argues that. against him. That. What else should we? What, what else should somebody I, I, do? That's not the point. That's not the point. The point that we agree with that that he does, and you can engage with people. What Omar is saying is that. Why not say, why would he say that, okay, I'll talk to Ben Shapiro here, but I won't talk to Linda Sarsour. So, Did he say uh, that? What, Did he say he won't talk to Linda Sarsour? It's it's obvious if he were to talk about Ben Shapiro the way he talks about Linda Sarsour, Ben Shapiro would never sit down with him. The point is there is a certain enhanced level of hostility when it comes to certain Muslim figures that Sam disagrees with. Do you know if Sam Harris would not sit with Linda Sarsour? Is that what we're saying? Because I, I'm, Judge, I think he I mean, would. He's never actually said Right? If, or, if I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm if almost pushed sure to he debate would. her, they might do it. But the point he is, love, is that think... he goes on different shows and talks about how Linda Sarsour is a theocrat and a danger and this and yeah, that. Yeah, but I think he would sit down with. Not... I think if Linda Sarsour came on Sam Harris's show, he would treat him with respectfully. And you and think the... it would be as friendly conversation as it was with Ben Shapiro, or it's just I, like two buttons? No, no, well, knowing yeah. him, I gotta say yes. I mean, yeah, I think yeah. I think so because I saw him with Mariam Namazi, for example, and he and Mariam Namazi had went after Sam Harris, and he had called mm. him 
bigot, racist, and all those stuff. And when Sam Harris has Mariam Namozi on right. on his show, he was very nice. He was very respectful. And in fact, he a lot of his a lot of Sam's followers went after Mariam Namozi in such a brutal way. And Sam Harris mm -hmm. was constantly calling out his followers to if please don't do this. You're not a fan of me if you do this to Mariam Namozi. Like yeah. he was defending somebody that called yeah. him a bigot. So yeah, I think yeah. he would do so. Right. So yeah, I think that his uh, his main position is that he was reluctant to engage with people like uh, Ezra Klein because he thought that he was dodging and he was uh, and you know this is weird for me because I, I like Sam a lot and I like Ezra Klein but a lot too before uh, you but, I, but, but anyway, before anybody thinks before anybody thinks me and Ali are such Sam Harris fanboys that we don't see him making any mistake I I am uh, a lot of against Sam Harris's position on Islamic reform and I have our, when he was on our show on secular Jihadists, I openly like we didn't when he came on our show we didn't like oh Sam Harris like agree with everything he mm -hmm. said just celebrate him no I, you know, I attacked his position on Islamic reform. Ali has major disagreements with him. I just don't agree with the big, like, accusations of bigotry. I might be wrong. Yep. I just don't agree with it. But go on. So, I'll, I'll just, I want to say, I know that we want to move on to other people in, in the international dark web, but I'll just say one thing on the broader point you were making earlier, Ali, about the difference between Islam and other religions. And to me, I think that it's never really about the substance of the religion all that much. It's, you know... It ends up being a lot of social and political developments that decide these things, which is why we see these things change over time. That there was a time when Christianity was dominating as a force for evil in the world during the Dark Ages, uh, suppressing Zionist intellectualism and so on, and that this has now shifted and that we have certain areas in the Muslim world where... Um, sort of where we see a lot more religious fanaticism that that has a negative impact and i think that a lot of that has to do with political developments that that, that are uh, that are taking place um and it's self-evident in the sheer diversity that exists within the muslim world right there is no one muslim culture or muslim way of thinking or whatever but when there's you look only one quran countries, that's oh. right but when you look exactly i mean i think you're making my point is that somebody who identifies as a jew today can be a perfectly moral human being and people reconcile religion and progressive values all the time in all religions. And you have somebody like Pete Buttigieg right now who's running for uh, president and could very well be the next president who is simultaneously Christian and feels very strongly about his faith as a Christian and he's gay. As a matter of technicality, you can say that that's a contradiction, but who cares if it's a contradiction? If people are making these things work for themselves, um, if somebody who holds religious belief can find in himself uh, him or herself to have um, progressive moral values, and then somebody who doesn't believe in God, like uh, Christopher Hitchens, ends up supporting the Iraq invasion that cost 100,000 people. To me, religion is not the deciding factor here. People are no, 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 no. okay, oh extreme morality. Armin, Armin, wait. No, he okay. asked me. Uh, no, who did he talking? ask? Who did he ask? Armin. <laughs> okay. He said, oh. I'll, if you're talking about <laughs> all right, all right. Armin, uh, you're. Right, this go. is a good sign, Omar, because it means right. that you know you're really getting Armin animated. No, okay. This is gonna go be on. a good episode. Go on, go on. But then we're gonna get a lot of. But letters, Ali, like, oh, Ali, you talk but, so slow. Uh, hold, on. Me... Oh, <laughs> right, uh, hold on. Let me. Hold on. Hold on. All right. So, um, the thing that uh, what you're saying, I you said that the substance of religions doesn't really matter. Uh, this is something that I thought for the longest time. Mm -hmm. I think that you're right. There are political developments. There is socioeconomic development. There's like a, a social, a cultural developments, uh, historically. Right, there are many things that happen that do influence the way these things happen. And yes, Muslims are very, very, it's certainly the exact opposite of a monolith, okay, the Muslim community. So all of that is acknowledged. But the problem is that when you do have a faith, when you do have the substance of it, that cements a lot of 
really archaic ideas in time. And forget, so move away from Islam for a little bit. Look at the Catholic Church. Okay, everything from whether it was civil rights, whether it was women's rights, whether it was gay rights, science, you know, Galileo, all of everything that they did, they held everything back. They slowed the process down for the longest time because of the substance of the religion, mm-hmm. because of what it said. Even as they became more progressive as as people, as human beings, right? Uh, the, the substance of the religion held them back. With Islam, another distinction, which I think that actually makes it a little more... And by, by more dangerous, I just mean that it's just a natural consequence. It would have to be more dangerous because there were two religions before it. It would have to learn what mistakes they made. It has to poach the the people who belong to those religions and convert them to itself so it has to be it has to be by definition more manipulative and we're speaking as secularists here right so when it does that there there is an uh, there's also an element of uh, the fundamentalism, right? Fundamentalism in Christianity is defined as people who believe that the Bible is literally the word of God. Only about 30% of people actually believe that. Many people believe it's divinely inspired. Reformed Judaism has totally gotten rid of the concept that the that the, the Old Testament was a word of God. But with the Quran, right, with, with Islam, the substance of the religion is still thought to be uh, infallible. And it's still thought to, thought to be the little word of God by the majority, by the majority of Muslims still today. It's oh. actually changed. It's, it is changing now, but that that's how it's been. So I'm not saying that it is the most religion, it's going to be the most dangerous religion for all time. I'm acknowledging that Christianity had its time in the Dark Ages, where the Christian states in Europe at the time, the Dark Ages, made ISIS look like kindergartners. And I've said that before. That has happened. You guys but are mixing not, Islam and Muslims and Christianity. I'm to say, we're talking about there's different ways. When you talk about what Christians did in the name of Christianity, uh, how and when you look at the substance of Islam, there is a big conflation between stuff that came directly from the substance and stuff that they interpreted for their own political motives. And it's very, there's a big mishmash of things. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really hard to parse. But... The substance, when you make it infallible, you make it divine, you make it virtuous, it, it lends endorsement to the no, actions. See, right? so, no, wait. Uh, so, uh, okay, Ar- Armin, you go first. You've been waiting no, for a long no, time Ar- to talk. Ar- I'll go after Ar- you. No, I'm going to listen to the guest, Omar. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, All right. Okay. I'll just I'll squeeze a couple of qu- uh, quick things in. First, I want to challenge that idea that, you know, the extent to which the substance of the religion is what matters. Take Judaism for an example. There are extremists um, in the West Bank right now who carry out acts of vandalism to drive Palestinians out of their homes, and the belief fundamentally is religious, right? Um, It's the belief that God gave this land to the Jews, and therefore, as happened with the Canaanites before, you're entitled to drive people off of their land because God gave it to you, and now it's yours. Very dangerous view. Extremely dangerous view. However, the person who also wakes up who's Jewish, even though by the text you're supposed to kill people who work on the Sabbath, it would never occur to them to lift a finger right. to kill somebody who's working uh, on the Sabbath. It's not because yeah. they're less religious, though. No, Ali, you can't My point say is anything. that they could be equally devout, and that thought would never occur to them because it's ultimately not really about the details in the book. It right? is! Okay. Can, uh, I don't, th- I don't no, think wait. it's no, about... No, Ali, it's not your turn. Ali, it's not your turn. I waited so, for you. So so after the guess, is my turn. Okay, okay. But, but that's the thing. There is a contrast between what people happen to choose to be fundamentalist about and what they don't, is that... If it's an act of violence against Palestinians that ends up being politically advantageous to you, Mm. then suddenly there is justification in the book and you're all gung-ho about it. But if it's something that's going to create strife within the Jewish community itself, you want to stay away from it, so suddenly you're a lot less literal about what the book says. 
And that to me is the fundamental difference here is that it's, a lot of no, Ali, you can't, Ali, it's my turn. You can't respond. No, no, I'm responding. No, it's no, you're not. No, no, no. You, you told no. me to wait, and I waited yeah. because yeah, yeah, I know you were going to give me. I want to squeeze one tiny point yeah. also about tiny it. Point. And to me, it's the same about the sort of distinction. Armin, this one is for you because I know that Good. Uh, you, you raised that point. Uh, sort of the confusing religion and people. I agree that Islam and Muslims are two different things. I, I heard you guys talk about before about why you think the term Islamophobia is problematic because it conflates criticism of Islam with bigotry towards Muslims. Mm. Um, as a matter of technicality, I can see how that presents confusion, but I think also the term anti-Semitism is technically inaccurate, but as long as we understand it to mean anti-Jewish bigotry, that's all that matters, and that's why I'm comfortable with the term Islamophobia because even though technically it's complex, we know that it means anti-Muslim bigotry. Um, and for me is that there is a certain level at which criticism of Islam crosses into anti-Muslim bigotry, which is when you demonize Islam to a point to where it's just the most horrifying thing ever. And you say that the people who believe in it, you have to watch out for their immigration into the country. You have to do this and you have to do that. That becomes indistinguishable from... Well, no, it dep again, depends on your intention. Depends on your intention. And it depends on your intentions, right? It's, it's, I definitely agree that some people criticize Islam the same way we do, but they have different intentions. They have bigger intentions. But, 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 but I, it's people that you guys like too, right? Like Ayan Hirsi Ali says... Um, every devout Muslim supports 9-11. And that, to me, it is an extremely irresponsible thing to say. All right. That really puts people, you know, the logical conclusion of that type of thinking is that when you go to a mosque, who do you expect to see? Devout Muslims. Well, if, and therefore, these no, are people who support terrorism no, and are legitimate because, targets. Okay, I don't support any person 100%, and I'm not against... I can't think of any person right now that I'm 100% against, right? Every person... Uh, it's not. I'm like. I'm not. I'm not like. Oh yes. Everything Sam Harris says, I'm for. Or everything Ben Shapiro says, I'm against. No, it should be one one position at a time. I don't endorse anybody 100. percent Okay, but what? Uh, and I think Ali is the same. But when here's the thing. When I I grew up in a Islamic community, right? Um, mo you know, half of my life now. I think it's still most of my life. Uh, but. I grew up around people that were all called Muslims and almost all of them, I think all of them, had a copy of the Quran in their house, right? Mm -hmm. And they, they did not know anything about what this book contains. Again, I tell people, these are people that kiss this book, uh, be, you know, before going on a trip, they take it out on New Year's as decoration. Um, if you go to high school, you just know the parts that this, the, the government has picked for you and you just memorize those parts and you pass the exam uh, and then you forget about it right after you pass your exam. But I did not know a single person in my own social life for 20 years of living there that had read that book cover to cover. I knew about them like on TV or maybe some other people, but I've never met anyone, any person face to face in my 20 years living in Iran, meeting thousands of Muslims that read the book cover to cover. If I made up a verse and told them this is in the Quran, they would believe me. If I mm -hmm. come up with a horrific verse that is in the Quran and I told them this is in the Quran, they would be shocked. They would just say, this, you, they, they would tell me, like they would have, actually have to go ch check to believe me, right? And all of these people, all of these people are called Muslim. Muslims, mm -hmm. right? So what I'm, what, I'm, what I'm suggesting is that 
and that's one side so all of these people are called muslims even though they don't do they don't follow islam they don't read about islam they don't know what islam stands for and what's against and all of these people are called muslims right i'm talking if you want to call islam if you you if islam is too much of a if you think islam and muslim is too connected i'll just call out the quran how about that quran is a very mm -hmm. dangerous book anybody that follows the quran and hadith word to the letter is going to be a very very dangerous person that's all i'm claiming and if you want to call it islam you call it islam if you want to call it something else call it something else that's all i'm saying on, on the other hand you As have opposed to the bible i mean that's nope. that's my point no 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 so, if you go, yeah. if you follow the bible word by word you wouldn't Pat, you would make a week before going to jail, right? Um, I, I, I was not suggesting. Uh, it's, yeah, especially the old. The, the only, di yeah, the only difference is that if you follow the Bible word to word, you will you will become a like you're a very very dangerous person. And if you follow the Quran, you're also a very dangerous person. The Quran also has had guidance for a very dangerous government, not just a very dangerous individual. That's the only difference to me, right? The, the Bible doesn't have much of a guideline for a very dangerous government. The Quran the has New a guide. New yeah, Testament. The guide, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the Old Testament, yeah, okay. So the Quran is more easily a guidebook for a very, also for a very dangerous government. That's what I'm saying. Okay, but I, but I, no, I no, 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 Ali, I waited for you. When it comes to good, when, it, <laughs> when you look at good Muslims, good Muslims, right? that are doing good things, there's very little that you could take from what they're doing and direct that to the Quran or the Hadith. Uh, and the claim that we're making when it comes to religion is not a very extraordinary claim. Every Muslim, the more they're influenced by Islam, the, and every Christian, the more they're influenced by Christianity, the more of a dangerous person they are. The, the less they are, the, the like all these great Christians, and, and I don't just make that claim about Islamic golden age or the Arab golden age, the Enlightenment age the, in 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 what Christian countries, you cannot direct that to Christianity is not responsible for that. These are Christians that were scientific, they, they did good great work, they did a lot of philosophical work. It's a rebellion yeah. against yeah. Christianity. But every person, yeah, I, I every person, with that so but, much. I don't, so, I don't okay. think the degree of religiousness is tied to pro to propensity. No, to, no, no. I didn't say degree of. I didn't say degree of Armin, Armin, Armin. Omar, last word, and then we're going to move on because Oof. we only have twenty but minutes I, left. I, but I think I'm going to be misrepresented here. But I'm what I was saying. I wasn't saying yeah, no, I, you believe trust me I am almost a spectator in this uh, now yeah uh, and I'm but, telling you all right let's that go both of yeah, you have fine. Major point fine, both fine. major point so we're, we're kind of going no no but my, now, my, my so last my on, last but, 30 but, 10 seconds 10 seconds it's this is not oh, true oh, this is not just true about, about religion it's about true about any false idea any false idea any idea that is not compatible with reality the more your idea, the more your behavior and your life is impacted by false ideas, whether they're religious or not, the more you're going to have unfavorable uh, results. Okay. And, okay. and my only, Omar, I'll also put it in one sentence so we can move on. No, no, no you I, take your no, time. No, go, go, no, all right. Go, more no. than a sentence. Okay. So I think, yeah, I think that the fact that you have people who end up committing acts of terrorism who identify with ISIS, who are not particularly religious, who drink, who whatever, and the fact that you have very devout people who spend all day in the mosque and who are very peaceful denotes the fact that this is ultimately not about the substance of what is in the book and not about the extent to which somebody is actually religious and tied to the faith. Um, Your religious habits so many... doesn't mean... Armin, yeah. Armin, Armin you, you made, we know okay. what the counter-argument yeah. is. Yeah, okay, okay. It's uh, just... Okay. 
there are so many other factors in play for why people do horrible things. I know. And I think that the same person who might commit one act of violence and scream Allahu Akbar, if he were in a slightly different social context, he might be screaming, you know, death to all black people or whatever. I to agree. me, there's a huge degree of similarity between somebody like Dylan Roof, who um, yeah. shot up the black church, and somebody who's a Muslim fundamentalist who, you know, yeah. and, uh, carries out an ISIS bombing of some sort, even though one of them is not religious at all, right? Yeah, like because all false ideas who, are religious. Uh, 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 Armin, I agree with you because I was, Armin, I didn't Armin, say no no I didn't say religion. I got a I'm getting a text message <laughs> telling me. Okay. Tell me All right, sorry. <laughs> I love you. You know that. Yeah yeah sorry. But come on go on, go come on. on. I actually got to yeah go ahead. Armin. Yeah, oh, just ideas are one thing. The substance of a belief when you're talking about Islam or Christianity or Judaism or what's in the the substance of the books that's very very different from what somebody is as a practicing Muslim. Yeah. Um, those are very, very different things. I'm just saying that in general, when you're talking about the American Muslim community and the way that it's portrayed as a threat based on the substance of what's in the Quran, mm. that does not carry any weight as far as I'm concerned. In the same way that portraying Christians as a threat because of the substance of what's involved in the Bible or Jews as a threat, I find to be just uh, completely missing the point. Is okay. that we yeah. as a society have found a way to reconcile these things. People choose to continue identifying with these religions while also holding progressive moral um, views and, and values. And that's good enough for me. I think that we can be honest about the fact that threats to human, to you know, threats to human existence of all kinds come from all kinds of sources, including people who fancy themselves secular, rational people who can also be huge advocates of of cruelty and who believe in horrible the things as well so why focus on religion the idea yeah. the so idea the idea the I'm idea the idea that bad ideas don't influence bad behavior is an extraordinary claim and, and i don't think it's supported and i never said that religion yeah. is the only source of bad ideas and good. and and we may yeah and that point and it just should made. not be overemphasized i certainly will agree that religion influences to some extent mm. yeah but yeah, i think we, it's exaggerated when we talk when yeah, we talk and this about is why okay, atheist okay, so, this so, is why atheist republic goes after china this is why Atheist Republic well, goes after our, Chinese our, treatments our, of Muslims more than Muslims do on a per capita okay. basis. Okay. Okay. Now the thing is, when we said last word, last word. Right. Uh, uh, Let's go. I know that it seems like you're making a point, Armin, but what you're saying in response, you've already said. Okay. And everybody who's listening knows mm, okay. Omar's position on this. Yeah, knows yeah. your but position. But this is fun. And this is we, good. Uh, and and. <laughs> And we disagree. I, yeah, I'm yeah. only doing this in the interest of time. I don't like right, right. being the go, asshole go, here. Okay, Ali, I agree. I gotta, Ali, Ali, I agree. Let's move on. Sorry. Yes. I, by now, by now, the way, the guys, is, I, I'm trying. Zooming, I'm really trying. Okay. Zo yeah. Zooming out right. this conversation that you had, Omar and Armin, the question to me is that when you hear these criticisms, the thing that you know Armin is talking about, the reasons why he thinks Islam is more dangerous than other religions, uh, similar to Sam Harris and everything, do you think that this is something... Even if it can um, potentially, die, people are going to interpret things the way they are. But do you think it comes from a position of bad faith, or do you think it comes from a position of some sort of anti-Muslim hostility? Good, question. like the position that Armin is articulating. I think, uh, as the point that Armin made, there are people with very different motivations who weigh in on on issues. So I do not think that inherently anybody who tries to to make the a case. That Islam is more dangerous is coming at it from from a bigoted position, mm -hmm. but I do think that it's important to look at things in context. You know, at the end of the day, this yeah. is not a philosophy lecture in a college where we're debating things in the abstract. We have a real life situation where anti-Muslim hate crimes are on the rise. Um, you know, you've had the Christchurch mosque shooting. You've had 
um, the Quebec mosque shooting in Canada. You have the people in Portland uh, who tried to defend a couple of hijabi women on a train, and the guy ended up stabbing two of them and, and badly uh, stabbed two of them to death and, and badly right. injured the third person. Finsbury Mosque and yeah, all that. Yep. And beyond just the acts of violence themselves, we have a completely fucking ridiculous political climate in the United States right now where it is perfectly permissible to paint, to basically engage in anti-Muslim bigotry, particularly in the Republican Party. The kind of things that Donald Trump has gotten away with, the kind of stuff that the Republican Party in general on so many candidates have gotten away with, this sort of anti-immigrant and anti-Muslim rhetoric, it's really out of control. And in this context, I think it is important to weigh the way that you engage in these things. And if you are inadvertently playing into the hands who are pushing an anti-Muslim agenda by nodding to them that, yes, Islam is more dangerous, you're enabling really ugly forces in our, in our current time. And I think it is important to pay attention to that. And how, by the how, way... How do, you, how do you balance it? So, you know, we have... Because the one thing, and this is something that I think uh, if Armin was speaking right now, uh, then he would say too. And I'm surprised Armin's not... Uh, Armin, I don't want you to, like die down completely no 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 but but so what one thing that we do here is because a lot of our audience omar is mm -hmm. actually not in the u.s or in western countries a lot yeah. of our audience is in saudi arabia it's in bangladesh and everything we're very very in tune with their issues mm -hmm. okay so so islamic theocracy right for for what what trump is over here islamic theocracy is over there without the checks and balances yep. right that they have so when we're talking about these things on this podcast for instance uh, and we're talking about it from a global scale. How do we balance their frustrations, right, mm -hmm. at, at being censored and their rebellion against uh, Islamic theocracy, like the White Wednesdays campaign in Iran where women are taking off their hijab. They're saying we don't want the Islamic Republic, all of these things that are happening, right? And yeah. they're not just or Islamic political. But it's actually, yeah, so th there is this kind of thing happening. And then, uh, you know, talk about that and be mindful of how that message is landing here in the West, where, mm -hmm. as you say, correctly so, that there is an anti-Muslim, a hostile anti-Muslim climate. And mm -hmm. I, I know I personally have, I've changed the way that I talk about things too, because I, I am concerned about messaging. I don't think this stuff happens in a vacuum. I want to be as honest about the points I want to make uh, in, in my criticism of religion, Islam, whatever, but I want to be mindful of the kind of climate I'm in. In the Obama years, it was different. When the regressive left thing was a bigger issue, it was different. Now that that's been overcorrected and way more by like these sort of the far right people, it's different. How okay, do, let how me, do we let me get the answer. Okay. So, a couple of things. I mean, look, at the end of the day, I think that it's really about how we engage on these issues. It's absolutely true that different audiences need to hear different things. Um, I have not made many videos in Arabic, um, but when I do, they are targeted at faults that exist in that region of the world, you know, and, and, and you know, problems that the Middle East faces. So it is about sectarianism and sort of anti-Semitism and things like that. That's the messaging because that's what that audience needs to hear. And then when I do videos in English that are primarily directed at an American audience, it is more talking about sort of the climate of, of anti-Muslim bigotry in the U.S. and Israel-Palestine and, and, and things of that sort. Um, I think that as long as we are specific about what we're going after, I think mm -hmm. it's fine. You know, yes, of course, an anti-Muslim bigot is going to try to capitalize on you being critical of um, some oppressive Muslim government's practices that are, you know, anti-liberal uh, anti and anti-democratic and, and, you know, just flat-out oppressive, I think, is, is the correct way to put it. That's not what I'm concerned about. And I think that ultimately when you look at the fact that there are so many progressive Muslims in the Muslim world fighting for a more liberal existence. 
I think we look for ways to empower them. And to me, that's what it, why it goes back to the fact that I don't think it's necessary uh, to harp on Islam as a, as a religion in general, as much as it is to harp on the regressive, stupid practices, even if you think that there is some basis for them in the theology. Given the fact that there are so many people who identify as progressive and object to them, those are the forces to empower. They have credibility within a Muslim society. You're not going to eliminate um, an entire religion within the foreseeable future, um, not in the next century or two. And so for people who are working for reform within the context of identifying as Muslim in the same way that people identify as Jewish and Christian and still hold liberal values, I think that that's, that's where the attention ought to be focused. Right. Armin, Armin, you're dying. No, no, what do you have to say? No, no, I'm not going to respond to that because we need to move on. Just one last thing. The, the, getting, rid no, of Islam, getting rid of Islam completely, uh, even though that would be nice, is not our goal, right? But, but uh, because it's not uh, reasonable. Uh, it, we, not in our lifetime, at least. But um, we have to move on because we have for, the title of this topic is The Intellectual Dark Web. And so far, we only mentioned Sam Harris and Dave Rubin. So I think before this, before before we run out of time, we at least have to mention two more people like Ben Shapira and Jordan Peterson. So I'm going to read sure. a tweet by, uh, and I think we're going to move on to a place where we agree with uh, on a little bit more. Uh, ben Shapiro uh, had this tweet in 2010. I don't know if it's fair. Let me know, guys, if you think it's fair to bring out a tweet that is nine years old. Uh, but Ben Shapiro is saying Israelis like to build, Arabs like to bomb crap. Uh, bomb crap and live in open sewage. This is not yep. a difficult issue. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's difficult for people. So, I don't think this is out of context because there is no context. This is just a standalone tweet. So, mm -hmm. if people say that this is an out of context um, issue... So yeah, he's been called out on it, by the way, and he's retracted that. He's issued a correction saying, I didn't mean to talk about uh, Arabs. I was talking about... Palestinians specifically, as though that made it any better. And then he retracted that. It did make it better, on. but not that much better. Yeah. I mean, it no, it didn't. It didn't. It, it didn't really did not. No, no. I mean, if you're if you're a bigot against not all Arabs, but some Arabs, some. you're still a bigot. You're still a bigot, but you're less of a bigot. <laughs> I'm really sorry. I know you have a Palestinian background, but most Arabs, yeah. when I growing up, for some reason they hate the Palestinians. I don't know why. But yeah. the, the Palestinians and Egyptians, all of the Saudi Arabs at least used to harp. I, it was bizarre. But there's there's that stuff that happens with that anyway. Yeah. But go ahead. Yeah. But in in general, I mean, look, he's he's had Ben Shapiro's had multiple retractions on that and sort of like tried to to clarify. What is? But ultimately, hmm. all of his retractions related to anti-Arab uh, bigotry and anti-Palestinian bigotry. Right. Are moot because he never fundamentally changed the political arguments he was making. Right. He he made the argument that. There is no solution in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict apart from ethnic cleansing of Palestinians because we should never give Palestinians a state and we sh and Israel should control all the territory. And if we control all the territory and we don't give them a vote and they stay there, they're constantly going to cause problems. So let's just ethnically cleanse them. And then he came out and apologized for calling for ethnic cleansing, but his political analysis never changed. He never said, never mind, I was wrong. We should accept them as equals and, and live together or said, never mind, I'm wrong, they should have a state of their own. He only apologized for the ethnic cleansing bit because he knows that that's politically toxic, so he wanted to retract it. But it's obvious that his political analysis and his attitude is very, very anti-Arab and anti-Palestinian. So I don't take his retractions uh, to be of any merit at all. So his correction was, which is, I think, proves your point. One of his corrections was, there are many, many Christians and Muslim Arabs 
who are wonderful people, just not the ones who oppose Israel in Israel-Arab conflict, which is again it's very not, not a very. I mean, first of all, if that's if that's what you mean, then why did you say, uh, you know? Arabs like that was no, a, a lot of people responded to you they were mad at it like okay I gotta say exactly. something yeah, yeah I mean I would I would agree that that was a very bigoted statement again just to make it clear like we are against religion not against the Arabs in fact the Islamic the, again I don't like to call it the Islamic golden age because it had nothing mm -hmm. to do with Islam I like to call it the Arab and Persian golden age right mm -hmm. and a lot of Arabs that was the Arabs used to be the center of science philosophy art mathematics translation mm -hmm. in fact the only reason why we have uh, a, re a renaissance in europe that eventually led to the age of enlightenment was because of the translations that the arabs made of greek philosophers and reintroduced Europe to its past. Like it was through the translations that Arab made of Greek philosophers and brought it back to Europe that the re renaissance of philosophical ideas and away from religion was possible, right? So even the, the, the birth of the Enlightenment movement eventually that which is again we have to don't don't mix these two. Renaissance first happened, Enlightenment is a byproduct yeah. of Renaissance. All of this happened because of lost knowledge that the Arabs brought back to the world. Right. So, I, I right. think I think we're but, making two sides of the same. Two, yeah, sort we're, of two we're sides also of kind of going into a tent. No, but let, let so, our yeah. guests let our guests continue. No, no, just yeah. just in the sense that yes, I don't think that Muslims translated um, the works of of Greek philosophy into into different languages because the Quran said to do it. No, but that the fact that they believed in the Quran did not stop them, and that's the only point: is that people can reconcile being progressive and thoughtful and intelligent and scientific, and also ascribing well, to well what, to what you call what you call reconciling no 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 we, let me just say what you call yeah. reconciling i call ignoring okay so what you call right, reconciling so, with islam i call it muslims who are ignoring islam but go on yeah. let's so let's move on so i i agree that this ben shapiro thing i i think has jordan kind of peterson agree. ever said uh, like i haven't seen maybe i'm not not i'm not saying he hasn't but i haven't seen jordan peterson say anything that could be considered anti i'm not, again i'm not saying he didn't say it people are like oh yeah. Armin, you know can you no, no. educate me to anything jordan no, peterson actually, jordan jordan and i'll give you the evidence that he hasn't the only time i heard him talk about it is that i think that he was at, at some event and some audience member asked him what he thought of muhammad and he said, well, you know, Muhammad, he's like, he was very he was ambiguous. Stuff like that. He's like, yeah. I don't know what to make about it. Like, he was he's more a, of a statesman and a warrior, whereas Jesus was, no, no, he's a Christian. Okay, and, actually, but, you're but, misrepresenting. But so he's very popular. Jordan Peterson is very popular mm -hmm. in the in Saudi Arabia. Uh, a lot of people, because he talks about, he's a white, progressive, suppose for them, uh, uh, a Christian guy in Canada talking about how there needs to be some boundaries between genders in the workplace. Mm -hmm. So right. let me, let me correct something... what he said, Ali. What he said was like, so um, Jordan Peterson keeps telling that you need stories, you need this, you know, way to, I don't know, what, I forgot his terminology. I haven't listened to him for a very long time, but which is which is a healthy thing to do. But uh, he has, uh, he, he was suggesting that stories could be used to build like moral framework and all that nonsense. Uh, and then somebody asked him, well, if we could do that with Christianity, 
why can't you do that with Islam? And Jordan Peterson said, oh, that's a very good question. And he thought about it and he said, well, because Muhammad was a warmonger and I don't know how you could do that with some character like that. Again, I, I mean, I don't think you, I, I'm against that position because I think you can't, you can't do that with either Islam or Christianity. And, but I don't think that was an anti-Muslim position because mm -hmm. it was specifically about Muhammad. But go on, uh, I'll guess. So I would agree that Jordan Peterson is not one of the people who sort of has this undue focus on Islam that some of the other people in the IDW do. Right. But however, he has made, and I think just by virtue of being surrounded by that crowd, including being close with Dave Rubin and so on, some of that stuff has seeped into his thinking. And right. I think the most egregious example that I can think of is when he was pushed on, you know, somebody said, why do you think feminists don't criticize Muslims or something to that effect? And Jordan <laughs> Peterson responded by saying, I think it's their subconscious desire for brutal male domination. <laughs> and I can't decide whether this is more offensive to Muslims or feminists, but I, it really I is think just, this I is more, I absurd. think that's more of a misogynist position than an, because it's true that both, okay, I agree that both Islam and Christianity, and no, not just both, and Judaism and Hinduism, and even Buddhism, um, has a religion that men Dom men yeah. dominate over women in all of his religions. So that position mm. on Islam is true. The only hypocrisy is that he doesn't see that in Christianity, which is very clearly pointed out in the New Testament that women should be silent. They shouldn't have any position of authority. They should just listen yeah. to their man and be obedient, right? So, so that position on Islam is true. But again, the fact that women, this is the best position for women, I think that doesn't make it an, more of an anti-woman position than an anti Islam position. Yeah, so I, and I think Jordan Peterson, in all, in all honesty, I feel like he had, there was a 15 minutes. I haven't heard anything about him in the last six months in any of the media or anything like that. So I don't, I don't know where he's at. I wanted to ask you one because but, I know. By the way, just late. just to be clear, I, some women do like dominance, right? But they are very there's clear. There's all kinds of people. Yeah, yep. there's all kinds of people, and a lot of a lot of women are very clear that they, if it's something sexual women that do like that they are very clear that they know they want that in the bedroom but they don't want that as a policy in government <laughs> in, the, in, the, in their life. life like no this is something this to to mix these two things together is really weird <laughs> yeah like the people who say well women they love 50 shades of gray so why don't they want men to rule over them i wanted to before we go i wanted to ask you about something Mm -hmm. uh, and I know it's late, and I know you got to, you know, go tomorrow. And this has gone. It's been a lively conversation. Uh, it's yeah. been a lively conversation, and we got to have you back to talk about. The yeah, did we? Did we? Like, did we? Did I let you talk enough, or do? You, uh, because our patrons are gonna. Are he, no, are you, oh. are you, you gotta be honest. Oh, my, yeah, be honest. I'm, I'm happy. I think I got most of my points across. So I'm, I'm okay. Good. See, patrons, That's please, good. please, patrons, don't see our guest said he yeah. got all his points across. So don't, don't. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Uh, I got it. So uh, before we let you go. Uh, because yeah, this is a topic that uh, I think we've been thinking about a lot. Yeah, is Ilhan Omar and uh, Rashida Tlaib the, mm -hmm. the two? Um, Rashida Tlaib is it's, she's from a Palestinian background like yourself. Ilhan Omar, um, you know that she's received a lot of fire uh, for uh, you know the, some of the things that she said that they've said are anti-Semitic tropes, um, which I, I actually I, I don't agree with everything she said. I don't particularly like everything she said. I wrote an article in the New York Post about how, you know, she comparing her and Sadiq Khan and how, how their approaches, their political approaches, and how she could potentially learn from him in terms of messaging. But we do feel like she has been a target of anti-Muslim bigotry because of her hijab and, and also, you know, some of the things. Yeah, that, I agree. You know, and, and 
without without her being at fault and it's completely unjustified i mean she like, she know, does say some nonsense go back to your country send them back you know when when trump said yeah. and people defended that what, what do you how do, how do you feel about uh, these two congresswomen, the yeah. congresswomen in general i have uh, favorable views of them um i like them i think they're sort of a firebrand to some extent um they're they're bringing there are a reaction to the rise of Trump and Trumpism in our society, and I think a legitimate one. And I think that they have been the victims of a vicious smear campaign. There is no other way really to put it. Um, in the case, and in some cases, it's really just a complete fabrication of quotes. And it really blows my mind the fact that mainstream media outlets just run with it. So I was at an event where Ilhan Omar um, was talking about the kind of pressure she was under to take a pro-Israel line. You know, it was at a time when a Congressman Juan Vargas had said, you know, you're not allowed to question the U.S.-Israel relationship. And her reaction to that climate was to say, why am I under pressure to have allegiance to a foreign country? And literally that quote became, Ilhan Omar questions the allegiance of American Jews. And that was the mainstream Oof. narrative. And it was published in so many outlets that it really was, right. I, it's, it's, it's an incredible case, you know, sort of a paradigm of how effective a propaganda campaign can be. Hmm. A smear campaign that is based on absolutely nothing. Um, I think that that was one of the more egregious examples. And it was the same with uh, Rashida Talib, who, um, when uh, Marco Rubio had proposed a bill in the Senate to restrict the right of Americans to engage in First Amendment protected acti activity to boycott, she said, I think he forgot what country he serves. Um, and clearly the implication there is that he forgot that the U.S. has a First Amendment. This is what we're known for. And this is what he's completely forgetting and somehow that became yeah. Rashida Tlaib accuses Jews of having dual loyalty to foreign countries, this, even though Marco Rubio is not even Jewish. But there was so, also the, this is the, the example of how the right um, does baseless accusations of uh, racism the same way that the left does baseless accusations of uh, this is again this is why I'm being consistent right I'm being consistent I don't like people to assume somebody is racist when there are more charitable explanations of their position mm -hmm. even if I disagree with, the pos with their position and I will call that out when the left does it when people you know and I call that out with, again these are these are the same reasons you're now you're on my side like. You, you know, there are more. So when, when somebody says Sam Harris is being racist, I think there are more charitable ways to look at his position. The same way with Elon Omar, like they're like this is right wing people doing the same baseless accusations of racism yep. and bigotry. Except in, the in same case, way that yep. they, they, they call out the left for doing the same thing. In this case, it's not random people on Twitter. It's the president of the United States using the entire power That's, of his office. And yes, you know, he published a video of Ilhan Omar dancing and claimed it was on 9-11. He retweeted that tweet. It's ridiculous. It really yeah. is ridiculous. And, and frankly, I think that her life is in real danger. It and is. the fact that the Republicans are allowing Trump to get away with it is, is really shameful for yeah, we've gone. Yeah, we're going to allow him to get away with anything. But here, here's the thing. So here's my... Um, uh, and uh, th This is a frustration for me, is that there are things that Lan Omer has said that I don't like. There are yeah. things that the I actually Like the Armenian genocide thing. Like she did refuse uh, to call it the Armenian genocide. Even, yeah, even yeah. the uh, some of the stuff that they said was anti-Semitic tropes on Twitter that she said, there were, I think, two things I said that, that she did that where she apologized for it. And she said that, okay, I wasn't aware mm -hmm. growing up that these were anti-Semitic tropes. I believe that is an honest apology, mm -hmm. but I do think that they were worthy, they, they were legitimate and deserved criticism for those things, as would be for any congressperson. The problem is, even when she does something wrong, 
when you're out there and if I'm out there and I'm saying that I think that this is wrong and then the next day as you said Trump tweets something about you know okay yeah she's a implying that she's a terrorist she was celebrating 9/11 yeah I can't it's very difficult for anybody to criticize her legitimately mm-hmm. because when you are going out and throwing you know a nuke on someone who's throwing a a, a stone at you yeah. right then you got to go even if the person was throwing throwing the stone they were wrong you have to protect them like you yep. you can't and it, because it sets a really bad precedent if you right. don't and, and, and that's that, why I think that mm-hmm. just overall, the way that Trumpism works, my biggest frustration of it is, and people say, you know, why do you talk about Trump? You know, why don't you criticize, talk about Islam like you wrote your book and all that stuff? And like, well, the problem is it makes my job a lot harder. Mm-hmm. Like, I actually want to engage in an honest conversation about it. And when this guy comes around and he says, okay, yeah. you know, all Muslims this, we're going to ban Muslims from the country. When that kind of thing happens, all right, then yes. it makes it a lot harder for me to have my conversation that I want to have in, okay. a, in an honest Let, Omar. I, I think that's a thousand. I mean, on that we agree entirely, and it's the sort of the broader point that I was making, sort of about anti-Muslim bigotry and and some of the ways that people, even like Bill Maher, phrase you know frame things that I find deeply problematic is that when you attack the entire Muslim community, you make the community very defensive and they're less open to internal criticism, and you make the job of reformers on the inside much much harder. Do you think? Is that yeah. I think? Oh, let's not get into reform. Yeah. Uh, do you think that? You know uh, what I mean. Att- so. yeah, you think Whatever. Attacking, people who are you, fighting for more progressive values. Right. Yeah, 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 do you yeah, think yeah. that attacking Islam as a whole, while saying most Muslims do not follow Islam to the letter, and most, and while pointing out constantly that most, in my opinion, most Muslims are better than Islam. Do you think, like, but generalizing Islam as an ideology as something dangerous? Do you think that's a fair point? I think I think suggesting that Islam is more dangerous than Christianity and Judaism absolutely plays into an anti-Muslim narrative. But right what now. if I think it's Whatever. true? Should I hold back because people could misuse what I'm saying? Look, you make those judgments on your own of how <laughs> you want to frame and phrase things. But you I'm know, just saying you know, that like right evolution, now, yeah. evolutionary theory. Right. Wait, yeah. Armin, let him was, finish his answer. No, no. Like evolutionary yeah, theory was misused by the Nazis to mm-hmm. for their own racist agenda. Does that mean that we should hold back on teaching evolution? No, right? Obviously not. Obviously not. Right. But you have to be careful about how you talk about this stuff because exactly. if you do sound like you're talking about eugenics, then it's a real so problem. And that's, that's why you know. every time you mention that Islam is an again, you might I might be wrong, but I think Islam as a whole is a dangerous ideology that needs to die. But every time I point that out, to this is my version of being careful. I point out by the way, reminder, my position is that most Muslims are better than Islam. Just like most Christians are better than Christianity. Like, that's how I try to emphasize that. Like, it's, it's, it's about a point of emphasis, right? So your position is, which I don't agree with, but it is your position, that Islam is more dangerous than other religions. How much, why is that worth emphasizing? To what end? Why is that important? Who needs to hear that message? You know, that, that to me is the point, is that if we're fighting for reform and open-mindedness, however you want to you put it, if we're fighting for more progressive values... Who needs to hear that message that you believe that Islam is more dangerous well, than other okay, religions? Okay, so it depends on who you're talking to, right? So, for example, mm-hmm. at an atheist republic, um, I, we focus on all religions, right? Mm-hmm. In fact, um, w- w- a lot of our resources is now going to, a lot of our attention that we're bringing on atheist republic is to defend Muslims in India and in China against 
the anti-Muslim uh, prejudice mm-hmm. of the government. So we are. So that's what a lot of our focus is on right now. So we are actually standing yep. against an atheist regime that is going after Muslims, an atheist republic, yep. right? But w- the the times that I point out that Islam is more dangerous than Christianity is when people exactly when people are telling me that it's not. That's the only time that, uh, or mm-hmm. or the times that people are saying that this is something that should not be said. So my goal for saying that is to counter somebody that is saying that they're all dang- uh, equally dangerous because I'm just mm-hmm. fighting a falsehood. Another time mm-hmm. that I'm oh, I f- think it's useful to say that is when people telling me something I shouldn't say something, and I always think like that's the best time to say it when other people are pushing back yeah. against you saying it. Right? Well, we we have we've gone over oh. this uh, several times no no but i was responding Trust to me. his answer no ali omar asked me when mm-hmm. when omar asked me when it why would it be make sense to say islam is more dangerous than christianity and i gave him two scenarios why it makes sense yeah yeah no yeah. That's, that's fine i'm not i'm, not, I'm just saying that both bo- both of your positions are absolutely clear on this i think the, right. the audience knows right so I, we don't have time for a patreon question we have some good it. ones in so, the left uh, i wanted to, uh, last thing i wanted to do is just kind of clear up sam harris's position on the 9-11 mosque mm-hmm. uh, he had written a whole post on this and he also said that he had a paradoxical conclusion on this he said that american muslims should be absolutely free to build a mosque two blocks from ground zero but the ones who should do it probably wouldn't want to uh, that's what what Al- he said. And Alex is so, asking. Uh, Alex is asking. Uh, I, I really have to get this. Would your guest sit down with uh, uh, Bridget, Bridget Gab- uh, Gabriel? Would you sit down with her? So just back, quick background. I know that we're out of time. Yeah. Bridget Gabriel has. I, I don't believe that she is capable of an honest conversation. So I would simply see no point if people find a debate between me, Bridget Gabriel, entertaining. I might go for it. But I have direct experience with her where I was at an event that she was at where she gave a talk and she left without incident and then claimed that the Muslims had rushed the stage and that the police had to hustle her out. I was there and I Would knew you sit with her though in a conversation? Would you sit with so, her? So sorry, finish, finish no, what you were saying. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm describing somebody who is incapable of having an honest conversation, who is transparently somebody who is full of hatred and is willing to lie in any way possible. I would sit down with her, not for this, not because I would find a conversation between me and her interesting right. or enlightening or because I think that there's any value in us sh- hearing each other's ideas. But I would be interested in sitting down with her to absolutely debunk the right. utter garbage that she spits out. So Mars, I would not mind okay. sitting Mars down is with asking, her. Mars is asking a question for Mars, uh, our patron is asking, how do you feel about Majid Nawaz's use of the term of terms to distinguish between radicals, conservatives, and moderates. Example, Islamists versus Muslim, for instance. Oh, I am against that. So how do you, do you understand the question? So, yeah, yeah. Uh, then uh, these are loaded though. <laughs> um, I'm not a huge fan of Majid Nawaz. I'll just throw that out there. Um, but, and I'm not familiar with the way he distinguishes between these categories, mm. but in general, I do find that there is a meaningful distinction between an Islamist and a Muslim. Uh, to me, an Islamist is somebody who believes in political Islam and who believes that religion plays a big role in sort of regulating people's political life. And I don't agree with that. Have, that you read, have you read the Quran? Sorry, sorry. Have you read the Quran? No, have you read the Quran? I've, I've read huge parts of it. So but how could um, how could Islam be anything other than political according there's, to you? 
the literally the billions of Muslims who don't believe that. No, these no, I didn't happen. say Muslims. No, no, no. I didn't yeah. say Muslims. No, but he said Islamist and Muslim. Mars's yeah. question was about right. between Islam so and Muslim. So I agree. I agree with it. And I, I actually I agree with Omar. I agree. I, I actually think of Muslim is no, more I than agree. Identity. Okay, I agree with the difference between Muslims who are political believe in political Islam and the Muslims that don't, because Muslims can be different, but Islam as long as Islam cannot be different. Unless you change the definition of Islam to something that has nothing to do with the Quran. Yep. Again, this is about the technical definition of individual words and whether they make right. sense. The same right. with Islamophobia and anti-Semitism. I don't care what the technical words mean. We use them in such a way that a Muslim is anybody who identifies as a Muslim and an Islamist is somebody who's committed to political Islam. That, to me, is a distinction that to, is fairly understood. Okay, so the only difference I have with you, I agree with you, but instead of saying committed to political Islam, then Islamist would be somebody that is, to me, committed to Islam. Because Islam is political, so all right, guys. yeah, go on. All right, sorry. Yeah, let's let's. Uh, all right. Let's <laughs> By the way, where can people up. where can people find you? If they want uh, to follow people you, people can find me on YouTube and Twitter. My Twitter handle is Omar Badar, and my YouTube is Omar Badar Zero. I had to use the Hi. zero because we were out of names. We're gonna put yep. the links right in the description, and you know what, Omar, this is this is. Really good. I'd I'd love to have you back on. Yes. Uh, hopefully, at some point, to really talk about the Israel-Palestine issue as well. Uh, hopefully, when something comes up, it'll be before Ben Shapiro's next retraction. Mm -hmm. And that, speaking of which, like the one thing that I know he can't retract is his foreskin. For uh, yeah, we know that. <laughs> we need anyway, to talk about. Uh, by the way, you are you are you are very. By the way, you are you have a lot more experience on the Israel-Palestine issue, right? So. Mm -hmm. That's and right. I think that's going to be a major point of disagreement between us, which makes it interesting. Uh, wow. So, All right. I think it may not be, actually. I did not see that coming. No, I judging mean, from this, like, I'm, I'm realizing... We're actually, it actually, okay, no, wait. It might be a lot of agreements and disagreements. No, I think no. I'm going to be like less this. biased than you, Omar. Though. Like, I think I'm going to yeah. agree with you, but I'm going to be, like, less... Um, okay, we'll see. But I think that's, that would be... That's true. okay. Looking forward to it. His yeah. main frustration here, mm -hmm. uh, not to speak on his behalf, but sometimes I feel like I kind of know him better than he knows himself sometimes, uh, is that... Me? That's a claim. Uh, anyway, so uh, is that I think that he agreed with you a lot more than he wanted to. Looking <laughs> for a place to disagree. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> no disagreements. No right. shortage. I'm I'm looking. Yeah. I mean, potentially it's my fault for also trying to find as much common ground as possible and disagreeing only when it's necessary. But yeah, no, it's okay. Um, and again, like don't li like if if I if I'm interrupting me, you and you don't like it, just like fight back. You're like no, Armin, yeah. just be quiet. Like <laughs> you know what? There's no, but honestly, even I try that. You guys have heard me a lot of this podcast. I'm like oh, 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 Armin, yeah, Armin, yeah. It's, 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 see, yeah. So yeah, it's Ali does it too. It's not just me, but yeah. But, yeah. We need to build the technology to have a mute button. This way, we can have a veto power over you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that. I do, no. I do. But, but you know, it, it makes the show. Like, that's what yeah. makes it more fun. So, uh, in a way, but yes, next time you just jump in and I'll try to do a better job as well, and Armin will too. Uh, yeah. But uh, we'd love to have you back. It, thanks a lot, man. That yeah. went Thank super over time. Yep. And uh, we yeah. took a lot of your time. I'm also in the Eastern time zone, so I also have to deal with uh, getting up early. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I, oh, shit, now I have to get a kid ready. You don't have to get a kid ready, right? Nope, nope. Just right. me. So, yeah, it's oh. a lot easier. <laughs> now I don't feel so bad. 
last reminder to whoever is listening or watching this that we rely on our community to share our episodes because YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, they just hate us and they don't let us uh, grow. So we rely on you guys to share these episodes with as many people as you as you can. And also, I, if you can support the show by becoming a patron, link is always Become a there. patron. Once we, have, uh, we get up to 500 patrons, we're going to be able to translate the show into multiple languages. Arabic and Persian and Urdu Arabic, and everything. Malay. We're going to translate our most... Um, the most key episodes and slowly work our way right. to our audience. Unfortunately, most of this um, this podcast is listened to mostly. The final public audio episode, uh, Omar, is going to come out on, uh, it's going to be on iTunes, your favorite podcast mm-hmm. app. That's going to be for the public. The video is only for the patrons, so uh, the, you guys got exclusive access to this live stream as well, and you were able to ask live questions. Unfortunately, we didn't get to a lot of them yeah. in this episode. And, but and, uh, yeah, Another, another, thing, another thing I'm going to do is... Review. By the yeah. way, another last thing I want to mention to our patrons, I'm going to send out a message to all our patrons asking them for, for all of their Skype IDs at the same time. And I'm just going to create a Skype group for our patrons and, uh, and just uh, once every week, just call all of the people on our patrons that this, uh, you have a, like a huge group chat with all of our patrons at the same time. Like, send me. That's not going to be a disaster at that's all. Not that's, be a, uh, yeah, that's, that's, what that's, could go wrong? No. <laughs> so, guys, I'm going to send you a message on Patreon. Just, if you're interested you. in this chaotic group Patreon chat, send me back your um, Skype ID and we'll have a messy discussion. All right. Okay, so any, we're, gonna, we're not going to stop this brainstorming. Right. And, and we'll let our guest go uh, to bed as, right. as he wants to. Great chat with you guys. Love you guys. Yeah, Bye. You anyway, Love let's stop recording. Sit down for a second. The secular jihadists have been made possible thanks to the Illuminati and the covert support of Israel and the CIA. That's what we have been told, but we haven't received our checks yet. If you like what we do, please support us. Share the podcast with your friends. Write and tweet us with topic and guest suggestions. Or head over to secularjihadists.com and give a dollar or more for exclusive access to live video. Have your questions read and answered on the air and more. Till next time, may the flying spaghetti monster be with you.